I think it's kind of been tough for a lot of people cooped up here in Canada in our colder weather throughout this pandemic. A lot of people skip their sun vacation that they go on annually. And when you are picking that sun vacation, a lot, a lot of times, you know, you are just, you know, self-absorbed living in your bubble. Like, I'm not going to judge you uh, for being that way, but maybe a lot of people just blindly pick their sun vacation destination based on price or they hear the beaches are nice, but they don't t- take the moment to stop and look at what's happening in the in the country that they have chosen as their sun vacation destination. So I thought I'd give you a little heads up here. If you're planning your sun vacation, because I know a lot of people are, we want to get back to normal. You may want to take a hard pass on Cuba this year. Activists in Cuba are defying the government and they are continuing to pre- prepare for a nationwide protest. The protest is scheduled for November the 15th, That is the date that Cuba reopens to tourists. To get some perspective on what's going on in Cuba and why, Michael Lima, human rights researcher and defender, represents the Council for a Democratic Transition in Cuba in Canada. Welcome to, is, uh, is joining the show. Welcome, Michael. Hello, Kelly. Thank you for having me and hello to all your listeners in Canada and around the world. So, Michael, can you talk about what's been going on, um, as far as the demonstrations are concerned? In Cuba, I know that uh, things started to heat up in July, on the 11th of July in Havana. Can you take us back a bit? On July, on July 11, 167,000 people at least took to the streets in 45 cities across Cuba. They were mostly the younger generation that demanded freedom and democracy in Cuba. They basically are continuing the ideals of the revolution of 1959 that essentially wanted to uh, bring bring free elections to Cuba, restitution of the constitution, things that were abandoned when Cuba became a dictatorship within the first months of of 59. So it's a continuity of ideals that have been crushed for the past uh, 60 years. So now on November 15, a a new generation under the platform of the platform Archipelago, Archipelago and the council for supported by the Council of Democratic Transition in Cuba and other civil pla- all other civil platforms in Cuba are launching an initiative for people to take to the streets across Cuba to demand precisely that, to end state violence, to have democracy in Cuba, to live in a, an inclusive and democratic society. And they're invoking their human rights for, for pe- peaceful protests, a right that's inherent to all human beings to, to protest for for what they believed in. So that's, that's the situation in Cuba, and they have been already uh, targeted for repression between October 25th and October 30th, the Cuban regime uh, imposed at least uh, 16 repressive actions, acts of repudiation, threats, arrests, and all sorts of uh, repressive actions against the promoters of this initiative, which by the way, will be supported by Cubans, the Cuban community here in Canada, and around more than 85 cities around the world on November 14th and and 15 Kelly. I understand that the uh, Cuban government is targeting the United States. They are starting to up the rhetoric against the United States, accusing it of financing and directing protesters. Is there any truth in that? I think all, all dictatorships, either from the left or the right, try to, de- to deflect attention from what matters, from what people ask, and they try to uh, uh, sell the idea that people are supported by a foreign nation. That's not true. The Cuban, the new generation in Cuba and people who demand uh, democracy are very intelligent. 
they're motivated by the conditions of oppression and misery in Cuba. And that's, that's how they are acting. The, the Cuban regime likes to play the script, which other communist regime played in Eastern Europe. Bakla Havel was also accused of following orders from the United States. And many of the leading pro-democracy leaders around the world have accused of the same thing. But there's a legitimate concern in, in the new, new generation to express their views and, and call. So I, as a human rights activist and as a researcher, I consider that uh, without sense. It's, it's a colonial attitude to assume that people cannot have their own initiative and, and call for things without any, any foreign intervention. Can you tell us what life is like in Cuba? Paint a picture for us what life is like in Cuba right now for uh, people that have not, you know, may have been and they just think it's all sandy beaches and resorts and beautiful vintage cars and, and great music. Paint, paint a real picture of what's going on for Cubans. Well, after July 11, after the July 11 peaceful protests, there were on that day, on July 11, there were more than a thousand, thousand and eighteen people in prison for political reasons. So Cuba on July 11 became the, the country with, with more political prisoners in Latin America, more than Nicaragua and Venezuela combined. As of today, there are more than 500 prisoners of those uh, more than 326 are, are young people between the ages of 14 and and 30 years of age. For people with the new, uh, the new, uni uh, the the new un uh, monetary unification, inflation is very high. There is a scarcity of all products in Cuba, medicine, food, and that has to do with the inefficiency of the communist system that have been imposing Cuba for more than six uh, decades. You have to consider that Cuba is the longest lasting dictatorship in Latin American history and one of the longest lasting worldwide after China and North Korea, there hasn't been any free elections in Cuba since, since 1948. The protest is island-wide. I understand that the Cuban government is arming locals with clubs. What can you tell us about that? I mean, do you interpret this as a move to incite violence against protesters who are planning what is a peaceful march? Yes, the Cuban regime has had a tradition to use a, a paramilitary groups since 1960, when it was used against university students uh, peacefully protesting, they have all the tools of repression at their hands. So I, I encourage all Canadians, all people, freedom-loving Canadians and people who care about freedom and democracy, not to go to Cuba at this time, because tourism is managed by the armed forces, the same armed forces that if, that use all that money and all those finances to repress journalists, Dissidents, artists. I mean, in in Saudi Arabia, uh, Human Amnesty International is also launching a campaign, not for artists not to travel there because dictatorships like to launder their images with tourism to deflect attention from gross uh, human rights violations. So I call on Canadians that at this crucial time they don't visit Cuba because they are helping to fund dictatorship, unless of course they are traveling to Cuba to document repression or to help the Cuban people directly. When you say uh, don't travel to Cuba right now for vacation to, you know, uh, Canadians, this is one of the major destinations. We probably are one of the uh, the countries that actually uh, funds the tourism industry the most in Cuba. Uh, are you talking about for good or just around the dates of the march? Are you saying just until we're free, don't come? Until we're free, because uh, tourism in Cuba and pretty much the, almost the entire economy of Cuba is managed by GAESA, 
which is a group that's controlled by the armed forces. And they're using the funds that come from tourism and from all other sectors of the economy to persecute pretty much everyone who seeks differently in Cuba. So I know Canadian values stand for the defense of democracy worldwide. Canada condemns more than 22 dictatorships around the world. So it's, it's an ethical and, and moral issue that I would encourage, of course, uh, kindly, that everyone who cares about freedom not to travel to Cuba because they would be, uh, they would be helping the dictatorship uh, either if they want it or not. So I basically like human, like I'm in the Amnesty International, they say don't, don't travel to Saudi Arabia, don't support uh, artists or uh, sports activity because that's helping to launder the image of the dictatorship that persecutes people. So I, I encourage them that for now they travel to the Dominican Republic or to some other uh, democratic nation in the Caribbean because it would be equal to helping a, a dictatorship. And I know that Canadian values stand for the defense of democracy worldwide. Mm. Speaking of Canadian values, I know that the U.S. has expressed support for protesters in, after the events of July, uh, and they are um, behind uh, the, the protesters right now, uh, people fighting for their freedom. Are you shocked that our own prime minister hasn't taken a stand here against what's going on in Cuba and hasn't said anything on the record? Yes, I would actually encourage all political parties in Canada to stand for the Cuban people. If Canadians love the people of Cuba, they would they should stand in their in their struggle for freedom and democracy. Liberals, conservatives, all political forces. I think human rights should not be in close to any political party. Freedom should not be a party. Everyone should stand with the Cuban people. I know there are many good-hearted Canadians that uh, that support the people of Cuba, and the best way to support them is to encourage the government in Canada to. Uh, express their support for the right to peaceful assembly and free speech on November 15 and in general to condemn repression, to sanction all high officials. Now we have a, a petition to the government of Canada in that function to sanction high officials responsible for gross human rights violation and to for Canada to lead, to encourage the Canadian government to lead an international effort to release all political prisoners. Cuba now has more than 600 prisoners or 500 from July from the July 11 peaceful protests and 100 from from before. But I encourage all nations, Canada, the U.S., the European Union, and all across Latin America, to stand with the Cuban people at this crucial time. Like Eastern Europe was in the 1980s, Cuba is at this crucial point in which Cubans want to live in a free and democratic society, and for that they need international support. And Canada can play a key role. How many people do you anticipate will be heading to the streets for the civic march uh, in Cuba on the 15th of November? Well, say on July 11, there were more than 160,000 people that took to the street at least, and they were fiercely repressed by the regime. If people could take to the streets in Cuba in one or two days continuously, there could be tens of thousands or even millions. But of course, uh, repression, uh, Cuba... The Cuban regime has been more than 60 years in power, so they have all the tools of repression, imprisonment, expulsion from school and, and workplace, imprisonment, acts of repudiation, character assassination. So repression will be a major force in preventing people from, from taking to the street. But if people could take to the streets in Cuba at this point, millions would be on the street 
showing what what the people what the people's voice is uh, really is, which is that Cuba needs democracy and freedom, and democratic nations like Canada should hear people's voices in Cuba. I want to thank you for your time, Michael. I, I appreciate it. I think it's important to talk about this and, and just get everybody uh, uh, aware of what's going on, because I know that Cuba is one of those sun vacations that a lot of people look to. Uh, the idea of going to Ham, uh, Havana and taking in the Cuban culture is very tempting. The price is right, but it's just the wrong time. Thank you very much, Kelly, and, and thank you for, for, being, for helping me to uh, bring my, my uh, message to all Canadians that stand for freedom and democracy in Cuba. Thank My you, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Michael Lima is human rights uh, researcher and defender. Uh, he's also uh, represents the Council for a Democratic Transition in Cuba uh, here in Canada.